Hey there, welcome to our podcast called Live Him Out, where our goal is to educate and motivate people how to live him out in their daily lives. For today's episode, we're going to be asking the question, should the church try to change the culture? So, welcome to our podcast. Hey there, welcome to our podcast. We have a guest on the show for today, and this is Nick Harris. He's my grandpa, my mom's dad, and I am super excited to hear what he has to say on this topic here. So mm-hmm. let's let's hear a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, and first of all, I want to say I'm really, really honored to be mm-hmm. on the podcast today, and uh, it's kind of neat working with three generations here, yep. and uh, <clears throat> we'll uh, talk a little bit more maybe about that later. Yep. Uh, I've been a Christian for 61 years. I've been a pastor for 60 years. I became <laughs> a Christian at age 17, started pastoring my first little mission church when I was 18. And uh, with so, one year of experience, one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost no no experience. <laughs> and uh, I feel so sorry for that first little congregation. Uh, I knew nothing, and uh, I just uh, I preached my testimony the first Sunday I was there, and then the second Sunday I was there, I thought. Oh, what am I going to say now? <laughs> so, uh, so thankfully, Billy Graham had written some books, there and you go. Uh, nice. uh, uh, Martin Lloyd Jones had uh-huh. written some books, and yeah. I and I would read and study, and then of course uh, God had written a great book, you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, and and so I began to to preach and teach, and <laughs> and uh, my very first church that I pastored, a little tiny mission down, it's called South Royal Baptist Mission. It was a mission of the First Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We were in the very, very uh, poorest section of Jackson, and uh, so that was my introduction to ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, immediately God put a, a passion in my heart to try to see our culture shift Mm-hmm. from uh, all the racial discrimination, mm-hmm. which was absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. I, this was in Tennessee, mm-hmm. West yeah. Tennessee. And uh, to try to try to see that shift. And as far as I know, I actually had the first integrated church wow. in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. I nice. was uh, awesome. pastoring this little mission, and there were some... Uh, some people of color that would come and mm-hmm. stand on the porch and listen to me preach yeah. and wow. uh, probably trying to figure out what I was trying to <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> and uh, and then one Sunday it was raining and the rain was blowing on them and I asked my little congregation, wouldn't it be okay for them to come in and sit down? And my congregation of about 25 people said, well, sure, that'd be fine. And Wow. So they came in, and wow. and uh, about two weeks later, I was called into the uh, office of the uh, sponsoring church, and I was scolded, reprimand, re- wow. reprimanded pretty handily, and, wow. and was told that I could not allow that. And uh, I said, That's "Well, crazy. then I, I can't, I can't stay if I can't preach to all people." Yeah. Mm. And so uh, that was kind of my baptism of fire into the whole uh, uh, trying to trying to influence the culture, yeah. trying yeah. to see that yep. change. And obviously, for the next uh, sixty years, I've been a pastor now for sixty years, mm-hmm. and uh, I have seen some some changes in in many ways in that way. And also, in the sixties, that was the hippie age, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I had a lot of compassion for the hippies. Mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I went on some peace marches and those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. I know I don't look <clears throat> like it now, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, they they also wanted to see change, yeah. and yeah. so that was an identification that I had with them. And uh, so it's uh, uh, I'm married in 1965, and Carolyn, I've been awesome. married now for 50, almost 57 years, yeah. mm-hmm. and together we have worked. Uh, really relentlessly over the years Mm -hmm. to try to see the gospel Mm -hmm. and the word of God penetrate and permeate Mm -hmm. the communities we live in and uh, the students, the the children, the grandchildren, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, to pray that that we could make a difference. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So when I I meet him, it's 1983, and I'm at Oville Road Baptist Church. I've just come to Christ, and he comes as the pastor and begins in January of that year. 
And it's at a important time for me because I'm I'm in need of some discipleship and growth. Yeah. And that that's his primary message is mm-hmm. here's how we grow in Christ and and practice and live out the scripture. So yeah. it's super formative for me. Um I'm also at the time janitor at the church. So I'm, you know, sweeping some floors and 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 cleaning around the church, which gives me more time at mm-hmm. the church, time with him. Uh, and the family, I'll start working with young people in the church. <clears throat> and so he becomes not just pastor, but even mentor to me during mm-hmm. this time. Personally, in my faith, uh, it's around this time also that I, I hear God call me into ministry. And so uh, that becomes very, very important at that time. Here's, a, here's, a, here's someone who has experience in ministry. So mm-hmm. he's pouring into me. I, I, I choose to really go the path of being mentored rather than go on to a Bible college or seminary at the time. And that becomes my training. Uh, And so I watch him do ministry and I'm learning all along the way. And I'm hearing messages about, here's what the Bible says about uh, marriage and parenting Mm -hmm. and culture and how we live out our faith about finances, about every area of life, you know, or law, yep. medicine, whatever it is, yeah. here's what the Bible says about it. And so this shapes who I am mm-hmm. and my perspective on scripture. Um, even along the way, we, we do some things at the time back at Old Villa Road where we, we put out a, a newspaper called The Forerunner that's designed to speak to uh, culturally relevant issues, even governmental wow. issues. Now, we're not advocating a... A political view necessarily, but we are we are advocating a biblical view, yeah. and it had political implications, obviously. Yeah, so uh, we're even contacting people running for office at the time and presenting both of their views and putting it out to the church because we want wow. to help the church yeah. <clears throat> be equipped to live out their faith, <clears throat> not just on a Sunday, but mm-hmm. in their daily lives, and actually shape and change the culture. Yeah, and we even go on. And Brother Nick has the vision for starting a school. And all yeah. of that is based in a vision, an intention of training up a generation of young people yeah. who know who know God's ways, who Absolutely. who are um, they know that the greatest among you is a servant of all. They know how to live out their mm-hmm. faith and become uh, effective ministers. I guess you would say in their in their home, in their life, on mm-hmm. the job, mm-hmm. in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, so. This is our background. This is our our. And in our the push. midst of all that, you marry my youngest daughter. Exactly. So that's that's the other part of the story. So uh, in the midst of all that, Heather um, is part of the family. Obviously, she's uh, younger yeah. than me. I'm homeschooling her yes, some at the church. She's homes. She's being homeschooled at the church, which provides me opportunities with her as well. And so we spend lots of time together. I get involved with family events yeah. and, of course, um, in the church all the time. And we meet, fall in love, and then get married, have nice. children. So yeah. <clears throat> we have lots of connections, yeah. um, ministry, family, um, friendship, mentor, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So I, I'm, great. I'm honored that he's yeah. here today. Like he said, there's three generations here yeah. at the table yeah. of, of ministry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we, from all of that, and based on the message from this past Sunday, there's a series we began called Pursuit, mm-hmm. in which we talked about <clears throat> our responsibility as believers to uh, do what Jesus says, to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, to live out the gospel in our lives. Uh, we then have to ask the question, in this culture, in this day, yeah. that is in rapid decline morally and spiritually, what is to be the church's role? What is our responsibility? And there's been a lot of approaches over the decades and generations uh, at how the church has responded mm-hmm. to that. And, and we'll talk about that some, but uh, I, wanna, I wanna shape it all kind of along this line that here are four possible approaches. I realize there's a lot in between here, but mm-hmm. uh, of ways that the church responds to culture. You could have the approach of isolation where the church says, well, we're gonna pull away. It's not our responsibility to speak into the culture. It's not our responsibility to try to change the culture. It's our responsibility just to uh, be our own Christian community and mm-hmm. to live quietly and peaceably. And, and if anybody wants to come to us, uh, they can, but we're not going to 
aggressively or intentionally seek out to change what's out there. Uh, Another approach would be to try to be like the culture and incorporate the culture into the church, uh, not just necessarily in external forms of dress or music or whatever, but Mm -hmm. even by the message, and we see that happening today where you, you believe and you take in even the message of the culture and you uh, allow uh, people from all backgrounds, of, of even faith backgrounds, of lifestyle backgrounds, they all are accepted and welcome and celebrated yeah. within the church. So that would be another approach is to incorporate uh, what's in the world. But then there are those who would say, no, our responsibility is to be more aggressive and actually become militant to try to take over the culture, yeah. to try to use force to bring uh, the kingdom to bear, in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, change the culture by our dominance and force. Yeah. But then uh, the fourth, I would say, which is where we're going to land today, uh, is that there's another place where the church is seeking to intentionally uh, be involved and influence the culture. Yep. Where, yes, we are going to create a community amongst ourselves where we live quietly and peaceably and follow the commandments of God. But at the same time, we are going to go therefore and make disciples Mm -hmm. of the nations. And we are going to seek to uh, influence through the power of the gospel and the spirit of God to influence and, and bring change, not just for our sake, but for our generation our children to yeah. come, grandchildren, but also for the sake of others, that people might be set free from their sin, their shame, their their struggles, that they might all turn and follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, kind of set the framework out <laughs> yeah. there initially. But so the question is really not a new one, mm-hmm. although it might be for this generation. Yeah. This is one that generations have, have dealt with. Mm-hmm. And so, every generation should ask. And, yes, you know. that's true. Good point. Everyone, they should wrestle with this question. What yeah. is to be our role? Uh-huh. Uh, you go all the way back to the book of Acts, it starts right there. Yeah. So it's not Absolutely. new. So I'd be curious, uh, Brother Nick, from your perspective, what, what are some historical ways we've seen this in the past where the church has had to deal with this question and, and how have they done that? Well, like I said, in the book of Acts, in that first century anyway, the first century of Christianity, Christians were considered really uh, as the almost the outcasts, they were on the fringe, yeah. and yet within uh, a couple of generations, they began to really influence the culture. They, uh, the Roman culture was uh, pagan, mm-hmm. and it was very immoral. It celebrated mm-hmm. immorality. It celebrated strength and power, mm-hmm. and uh, the idea of uh, uh, meekness was considered weakness. The yeah. idea of, of loving your enemies was almost uh, a joke to yeah. them. Right. And yet, within uh, within two hundred years, the the and of course that's a long time. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but the Christians were noted for yeah you know and they didn't have abortion in the first century, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. had infanticide. And if uh, mm-hmm. a baby was born, especially if it was a baby girl, they just set it out on the street like with the trash wow. and just let it die. And the Terrible. Christians became really, in a sense, famous for picking up. Wow. Abandoned babies, wow. and uh, taking them and 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 bringing them up, and mm-hmm. many many. It's uh, historically that was uh, mm-hmm. that was one of the uh, key things that the Christians did that was so different from the culture of their mm-hmm. day. Wow! And then they eventually brought an end to the uh, mm-hmm. uh, bloody. Uh, games, gladiatorial games. Mm-hmm. It was a Christian mm-hmm. who actually gave his life wow. in order to stop the gladiatorial wow. games. Wow! And Golly. and so just little by little, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then the message of of love, mm-hmm. the message mm-hmm. of purity, morality, mm-hmm. began to penetrate the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the time you get to Saint Augustine or Saint mm-hmm. Augustine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Augustine's the grass, but yeah. Saint Augustine. <laughs> uh, uh, he actually wrote a book called uh, "The The City of God and the City of Man," oh. and the whole thing was contrasting wow. the the two. Uh, mm. groups mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. that Christians had a responsibility to be different from the world yep. wow. and yet not to be uh, 
uh, uh, out of Outside. the world, right. there mm-hmm. to right. penetrate the world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of course, he used the image of salt, mm-hmm. light, that, yeah. uh, that salt doesn't, uh, uh, I mean, it, its purpose is to penetrate yeah. and to yeah. season and to change. Absolutely. And not, preserve. Not to just stay in its container. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and he actually was alive during the time of the fall of the Roman Empire. Wow. And, uh, and uh, so, uh, throughout Christian history, then mm-hmm. you've got uh, this struggle between Christ and culture, Christ yep. Yep. and culture, absolutely. And, uh, yep. uh, uh, during the Dark Ages, what we call the Middle Ages, mm. uh, the church pretty much dominated, but not with the message mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. truth. They they dominate with a message of power and control, wow. and even almost. Uh, uh, mm, well, superstition, you know. Okay, yeah. And uh, and so it wasn't until the Protestant Reformation mm. where uh, Martin Luther and mm-hmm. Zwingli and some of the mm. others yep. really came forward with saying, you know, the, the, the gospel is supposed to be lived out in wow. our yeah. personal lives, yeah. in our family lives, in yeah. our community lives, mm. and in our national lives. Yeah. Wow. And Absolutely. They didn't always get it right either, you no. know. Yeah. But uh yeah. but but and then uh even in Germany in the nineteen thirties mm. and forties, mm-hmm. uh you had people who uh saw you know, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer yep. and mm-hmm. others who opposed Hitler's Plans mm-hmm. and um, and paid a price for it. He yeah, actually yeah. absolutely died for it. And uh, and so it's always been this question: how how do we as Christians, and especially as the organized church, not yeah, just right. individual Christians, <clears throat> but how do we as an organized church, yeah. what role do we have to play yep. in uh, in the greater culture? Yep. Yeah. And, there was a time in America in the 30s and 40s and so forth where the the church and the world were not radically distinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm. that's not true today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, this is really even kind of the spirit of our founding fathers as they, yeah. as America begins, is that there's this intentional seeking to create a way of life, mm-hmm. a, a freedom for a way of life, where the Bible is the basis of life and, yeah. and Christ is the center, right? Yeah. I mean, that's right. absolutely uh, mm-hmm. that's what it's it's formed from and for. So, yeah. uh, I think we even have that as our own history here yeah, in, in sure. our in our country. For sure. But in the New Testament, you find passages where it seems as though we're supposed to live quietly and peaceably. Pray for your leaders that we may live a quiet life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, how do we how do we take those passages? And contrasting with this idea of, uh, you know, go ye therefore and, and preach mm-hmm. the word and the church is to be the pillar and the ground of truth. How, how have you balanced that well, over I the think, years? I think the mistake people make is they try to make it an either or yeah, exactly. rather than That's a both and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a sense in which we uh, uh, do live a, a quiet and peaceful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, as the Apostle Paul said, as much as it lies within you, yeah. try to be at peace with all people. Yeah. But sometimes uh, it doesn't all lie within us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, of course, the Apostle Paul is a good example of that. You yep. know, he, and uh, one of my favorite Bible characters is John the Baptist, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, he confronted even yeah. the king. Absolutely. Yeah, and he, he got involved in politics. He got involved. He certainly did, and it cost him his life. Yeah, but it made a, a difference. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, Jesus said of him, uh, of all the people born of woman, there was none greater than John the Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> so there is a sense in which we don't have to do one or the other, yeah. mm-hmm. but different times require different responses. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there are times that uh, that I I may even have to be, I hate to use the word militant, but uh, <laughs> but but there are times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dietrich Bonhoeffer attempted to assassinate Adolf Hitler. Wow, uh, yeah, yeah. People, and yeah. Uh, so there, there are times that, that culturally we may have to take a very yeah. very definitive stand yeah. Yeah. and be willing to pay the price for it yeah, yeah. but yeah. generally speaking uh, 
salt and yeast and mm-hmm. things like that. They work quietly, mm-hmm. but they work uh, decisively, determinatively. Yeah. Yeah, they they sure. do make a difference, and they don't always make a loud difference, mm-hmm. but they, they do make a noticeable difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. And that, yeah, I was going to say, that's one more thing I would say about all this, is that they're, uh, like Papa's saying here, it's not uh, either or, but I think it's a balance as well. You know, it's, mm-hmm. We can't just be entirely in the culture with no distinction mm-hmm. because then you lose your voice in the culture mm-hmm. and then you can't be entirely isolated, I don't think, because then you also lose your voice in the culture. So a way to be living in and around and knowing what's going on so you're able to speak directly into people's lives with the right. application message of what the gospel is and living out the gospel so that other people can see, you know, hey, that person does live differently even though they're in my same circumstances. Yeah. I think that's kind of what puts it even into our, like here here and now time, not right. just 1800s, 1700s, all that kind of stuff, but yeah. the here and now, we have to be a part so that people can see what's going on, right? Yeah. So the other thing you you don't see in the New Testament is you don't hear of Peter running for political office. <laughs> you don't see, you know, Paul joining the local school board and trying to make a difference <laughs> there. It's like so in in instead you find very different approaches in in regards to the government. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the New Testament again, you you don't see uh, you don't see that, and so the question is: Should that shouldn't that be our response? Then shouldn't we well, just do like uh, they did? Uh, well, see, part of the difference is is the uh, the government at that time mm-hmm. was an autocratic, dictatorial, yeah. totally yeah. authoritative uh, government. Exactly. Uh, nobody ran for office. You know? <laughs> exactly. No, nobody ran for anything. You, yeah. you, you, you ran may, from you, those you in may office. Ran yeah. From, uh, but, uh, don't vote Caesar uh, in. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't an election every four years. Yeah. Exactly. And so when you come on up, uh, and again. Much of this started with the Protestant Reformation, especially mm-hmm. with the Scottish part of the Reformation, yep. John Knox and so forth. But, uh, but by the time it gets to America, uh, the, the idea of freedom, yeah. that's just something you don't find <laughs> no, in no. historically much right. before the 1600s. You, know, yep. you yeah. just don't find many people talking about freedom because yep. mm-hmm. all the nations, even Great Britain, you know, they had a king and, and right. the king ruled. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but but with, with the establishment of America and the Declaration of Independence yep. and yeah. the Constitution, yeah. something brand new. You exactly. Know, yeah. you know, Abraham Lincoln said this was a new thing that was started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, our founding fathers... It was an it was an experiment yes. in liberty. Yes, yeah. that's something that the world yeah. really didn't know anything about. Yeah. yeah, so we take the principles of the New Testament, but we can't take the practice of the New Testament yeah. and assume that that should be our practice right. even today. Yeah, but it has that's to right. be yeah, because exactly. the, the cultural setting was different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I even like to think that you know if the if the Christians in that day, or the church in that day, had stood up against. Rome or against, you know, the authorities of that day, that might have been the end of the church. Yeah. And yeah. so it was almost uh, as though the Holy Spirit was directing like, hey, pray for those in authority, seek to live yeah. quietly and peaceably yeah. because this gospel must continue. Exactly, and, exactly. And it needs to on yeah. to the next generation. Uh-huh. And so that's the question you get, you know, even about other cultures today. Well, uh, if here in America, if we should stand up and, and, and speak truth and we mm-hmm. should seek to be involved, and we should, uh, you know, be willing to risk and 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 speak out. Well, shouldn't they do that in other countries as well? I mean, should Christians in China? Shouldn't they do that? Yeah. Christians in in Russia? Shouldn't North they Korea, do that? North yeah. Korea? What? So, I'll I'll put that back to you again. What are, <laughs> well, what, what are we? What are, should we do? What they do? Should they do what we do? What's yeah. What's the response? Is there a difference? And if yeah. not, why? I think there is a difference, and I think that the different response is based on the different form of government that you're under. Right. Yeah. And so right. in China, the the church is growing in China, mm-hmm. yes. and the church is influencing others in China, mm-hmm. but their goal is not 
to change the government. Mm-hmm. Now, their yeah. long-term goal mm-hmm. may be, you know, they, yeah. they right. may have, some of them may have a vision of seeing a day when... Uh, mm-hmm. when freedom reigns, uh, basically. That's yeah. right, where there's mm-hmm. freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, in North Korea, I guarantee you, uh, you're not going to go any uh, freedom marches <laughs> in North Korea. Exactly. It'd nope. be real short marches. Yeah. And, uh, and But uh, they still have the responsibility mm-hmm. yeah. to... Live for Christ, to follow yeah. Jesus, Absolutely. to speak the truth, mm-hmm. to love their neighbors, mm-hmm. to even love their enemies, right. and to be willing, if necessary, to die for their faith. And of course, many of them are doing that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Whereas here in America, the cultural setting is so different. Mm-hmm. So our response to our culture, we have a. We have greater opportunities to respond to our yes. culture than they do to respond to theirs. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book Safely Home by mm. Randy Alcorn, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's about the church in China mm-hmm. and just the influence that, that these Christians had on their community mm-hmm. by living their the Christ life, yeah. really, yeah. And, uh, and influencing their whole community sometimes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we uh, we have the freedom to do that. Yeah. yeah. Many times we don't, we don't. do it right yeah. here. Don't. Mm-hmm. It would be a lot easier, easier. for us to yeah. do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that fits again with Scripture, um, to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah. And, and if Absolutely. we have the, the yes. freedom and the ability exactly. to speak, to vote, to be involved, mm-hmm. to... Um, speak out into the culture. Yeah. We should. Yeah, that, that's our Absolutely. responsibility. Yeah. That's our, that's our role. Yeah, that's what I would say. I wouldn't. I don't think <clears throat> just because another Christian in an oppressed country can't do something doesn't mean that we shouldn't then do right. something. Yeah. Just because they can't meet and have worship and have all this kind of stuff, you know, and have a podcast, all that kind of stuff, doesn't mean we shouldn't. Right. But, but I would even say, look, if we have the ability to put out things like this that will influence our immediate culture, right. then all the more reason we should, because our goal is to change hearts. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just, mm-hmm. oh, well, we have to keep the same mode in everywhere we are so we all look the same, mm-hmm. but it's that we, with whatever gifts that we have, whatever talents that God's given us, we yeah. put those to use and towards the the idea of heart change in people's lives. Yeah. So this is where also I think the church faces challenge today because, um, on one side, there's a need to speak truth. Mm-hmm. There's a need to speak out against some things that the culture says is right. Uh, to speak out against uh, variant uh, lifestyles, uh, yeah. variant forms of, of marriage. Um, to speak out against uh, platforms of justice that are being advocated today, that, mm-hmm. that equity should shape justice and not not truth, uh, all of that, and, and racial mm-hmm. tension that's developing. The church should be speaking out against that. Yeah. And, and that means sometimes some very uncomfortable conversations on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning. I mean, yeah. some uncomfortable messages Absolutely. that are delivered. And so... The question then, I think, in, in our day, another one of them is, how do, you, how do you speak boldly about those issues when there are people in the room who either struggle <laughs> with that or have family members yeah. who are in the midst of that? How do you speak truth, but at, speak it at the same time with hope or compassion? Yeah. So. I'll put that 60 back years to of pastoring. Okay. Let's see how much you've well, nailed it. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the answer to that is that you speak with the authority mm-hmm. of yeah. Scripture, yeah, the amen. authority of amen. God. You don't just give your opinion. No, right. you know, yeah. there, there have been times over the years that certain things come up, and I would say, well, you know, here's how I feel about that. Right. Well, right. that really doesn't. Yeah. And then everyone instantly just yeah. thumbs down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and, here's uh, how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's all you right. get from that. And so I tell people in our church, you know, your opinion is equal to mine. Both of them are worthless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but God's opinion yeah. is, uh, it is the it highest. Is the highest. Yeah. That's uh-huh. right. And yeah. so we say, uh, so when I'm speaking on, uh, you know, um, uh, homosexuality or right. when I'm speaking on gay marriage or when I'm speaking right. on transgenderism, those yeah. kinds of things, yep. I just uh, appeal t- to the scripture. Just yep. say, you know, 
Thus saith the Lord. That's, yeah. right. that's what the Absolutely. prophets did. You know, they right. just said, thus saith the Lord. The, the word <laughs> of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying it. Yeah. And so uh, I don't have to defend it. I think yeah, uh, absolutely. Charles Spurgeon said, defend the Bible. You don't defend a line. You just turn it loose and it defends itself. <laughs> you know? So I don't defend. I just, I just, just say, just speak you know, it. here's Preach what God word. says. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously there are some applications that may differ, but... Uh, but but, and then I think another aspect of it is that we speak the truth in love. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. speak it as a judge. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not anybody's judge. Mm-hmm. Right. But the Bible does say that I'm to discern mm-hmm. righteousness and yeah. I'm to speak truth, uh, not as a condemning people and things right. like that, yeah. but saying to them, you know, God loves you. You know, I yeah. mean, he loves me and my sin. Yeah. Yeah. He mm-hmm. loves me with the things I struggle with. Yeah. yeah. And I certainly have propensities towards certain areas that mm-hmm. would be sinful mm-hmm. yeah. if I were to give in to them. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so I say to a person who says, I'm struggling with this uh, moral issue in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't say to them, well, that's just tough, tough. that's just the way you are, yeah. you know. Yeah, and right. I don't say to them, "Well, God hates you." Yeah. No, I just say, "Yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle with issues, not that mm-hmm. particular issue, maybe. Right. But I struggle with issues that maybe you don't struggle with. Yeah. yeah. And so let's help each other. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I need help. I need the the encouragement of the of the Word of God and the yeah. family of God yeah. to help me walk. Yeah. In the way of truth, absolutely, yeah. and uh, uh, even the Apostle Paul needed that. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, "Brothers, yeah. pray for us." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and and so uh, I I have many friends who practice. I mean, who are? Well, let me see. The best way to say it is, I have many friends who are tempted yeah. in yeah. areas. There you go. Uh, that I don't even understand. Right, I, I can't relate <clears throat> to that. Yeah. Right, but. I'm probably tempted in some areas that they can't understand. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't say your temptations are worse than mine. Yeah. yeah. I just exactly. say the answer for yes. my temptations yeah. are the answer for your temptations. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. We work together to overcome yeah. uh, temptation and. Uh, I need that from others. Yeah, exactly. I need to give it to others. Yeah, absolutely. So it's challenging because there are some who would want to come into the church and say, I'm not going to change. I want you instead to celebrate my lifestyle. I want you to recognize my my weaknesses uh, and sin. Yeah. And, and, and there's actually nothing wrong with it. God, God Mm -hmm. even made me this way. They would say, uh, but that's not the right response for the church to celebrate no. that. No. I mean, there has to be a place of, that the church is a place of grace and mercy for all to come in. Uh, but I think the gospel calls us to not stay yep. in our sin, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Well, again, it's just go back like with the, the idea of racial hatred, you yeah. know, back again in my early ministry, I saw... I had people in, in my church who didn't even believe that people, uh, black people, even had a soul. Wow. Man. They, they saw them even lower <clears throat> than animals. They wouldn't treat terrible. their animals the way they treated black mm. people. It was just terrible. And, and, and yet, some of them were leaders in the church. Wow. They, and uh, mm. uh, un- unbelievable. Yeah. And so, right. for I would never say to them, uh, <laughs> Well, it's just the way you view it, and you know, yeah. I guess maybe God just made you that way. Yeah. No, right. uh, we we mm. would proclaim this is sin. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, what exactly. you're doing, the mm-hmm. attitudes you have, the actions you're taking, these mm-hmm. are sinful mm-hmm. attitudes and actions. God calls us to repent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Change. The idea yeah. is to yep. change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change your thinking. Yeah. And it, and of course that changes your behavior. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, so the same thing would be true with current sins, mm-hmm. yeah. and whether it's uh, sins in the area of morality yep. or sins in the area of attitude and sins in the area of, of again, racism and mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. We say God calls us to repent of our sin mm-hmm. yeah. and to believe the truth. Yep. Repent yeah. and believe. Yep. Yeah. Repent. Absolutely. The other piece that makes it challenging in this day is that the culture has uh, highlighted and, and pushed to the forefront that the greatest, the greatest sin, really, I think the culture would say this, 
is to offend somebody. Yeah. That exactly. that is the height of of wrong yeah. is to cause someone to be offended for how they feel, yeah. how they believe they should live their life, and that the culture should now just be a complete acceptance of all lifestyles and thoughts and mm-hmm. belief. Yeah. Right. Some so, people say the eleventh commandment is thou shalt be nice. <laughs> and that, that's yeah. And that's that's the one that the only that people only value. It's like uh, forget all the other ten. Just be nice. Exactly. And then that's all I have to do. You know. So that that mentality and that belief obviously flies in the face of everything the church mm-hmm. should stand right. for. Yeah. We're we're not here just to uh, accept all beliefs mm-hmm. and all lifestyles and all approaches. Exactly. We, we that's not what our calling is. No. So. Uh, how do, how are we to deal with that? This idea that offense is the greatest offense <laughs> in our yeah. day. Again, I think we look at the prophets in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They were all they were offenders. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and again, John the Baptist and Jesus himself. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jesus offended a lot of people. In yeah. fact, mm-hmm. his disciples would say to him, "Didn't you? Do you know that you just offended the Pharisees mm-hmm. when you said that?" Yeah. And Jesus says, "Yep, I did. Yeah, uh-huh. I yeah, meant to." Yeah. And, yeah. and so there are times that we are called to rebuke. Yeah. We're called to confront. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're called to take a stand and. Um, I, I just think it's interesting that the the people who are so sensitive to being offended, they don't mind offending exactly. others. You right. know, yeah. they they yeah. uh, to to cancel somebody. Yep. Yeah. To me, that's pretty offensive. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, you know, to be accused of mm-hmm. being intolerant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty intolerant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah, very true. They, and and it's true. They 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 want acceptance of all things, except for us as Christians, to be able to express our views mm-hmm. and 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 beliefs. So absolutely. So it puts us in a, a challenging place for mm-hmm. the day uh, as the church uh, and as Christians. But uh, it seems, from what I read in in the Scripture, and I think what you've said today bears that out is that the commandment of Christ is to actually go therefore mm-hmm. there there is a calling to not isolate yeah not uh, just um, pull away from the world but actually yeah. go into the world yeah. and 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 make disciples as you're doing that exactly yeah you go with intention you don't just go and go and be in the world Mm-hmm. But it's go and make disciples, you know, like we yeah. go with a message. We go exactly. preaching transformation, you know, and repentance and belief, you know. Yeah. And so it's not it's not an isolation and it's not militant and it's not just accepting, but we have to go with a message, you yeah. know. Yeah. So the part of that that command from Jesus, you know, go go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, uh, that's usually the part that most Christians camp on, but there's another Peace to what Jesus said is still in the same sentence. If you read it in the scripture, he says, "Teaching them to observe all things." That's right. Wow! Yeah. So yeah, he was talking about a way yep. of life right back that's to the it. kingdom mm-hmm. with Christ at the center. So teach them. He wasn't just saying teach them to observe Sunday morning rituals. <laughs> that's not, he was saying teach them to observe yeah. all things that I've commanded. Yeah. A, a way of living. Absolutely. So uh, that's good. That becomes, I would think that from what I read in scripture, that that becomes our command as the church is uh, let's talk about and see what the Bible has to say about how we're to relate to one another. Mm -hmm. God's plan for marriage, God's plan Mm -hmm. for training up children, Mm -hmm. God's plan for uh, all that I own, my resources, my my talents, my personality, the finances I have, my purpose in life, all of that is to be shaped by the kingdom. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> and not not an isolated piece away from the world, but actually how I then go live in the yeah, world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And when the Bible tells us to come out and be separate, mm-hmm. some people take that to mean that we're to, to be... Uh, Almost weird, you know, that we're to dress in a funny way. We're, right. We're to we're to make a distinction so that visibly 
Uh, yeah. Visually, people see us as different. But really, when the Bible talks about being separate and distinct, mm. he talks about us being a holy people, to, yeah. to live in a, in a love relationship with people. Yeah. It's a, having an attitude that is unique and mm-hmm. distinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the early church, the, yeah. the thing that really, really changed the, the early church, the, the culture in the early church, was the people began to say, my, how those Christians love one another. Yeah. And how they, how they love. Mm-hmm. And that was what Jesus said in the Last Supper. He mm-hmm. said, I'm just giving you one commandment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> commandment. Yeah, and it sounds like a new commandment, but but mm-hmm. it, in a way it is new, but it's in a way it's old. Mm-hmm. Here's the commandment: love like I've loved you, mm-hmm. love yeah. with my kind of love. Yeah, and that boy, when people do that, they are <laughs> separate. Yep, they Absolutely. are distinct from the world. Yeah, and it it obviously will influence the way they dress. It'll influence the way they talk. Yeah. It'll influence the things that they do. Right, uh, but but. You can do all those external things mm-hmm. and not have that inward love. Yeah. But you can't have that inward love and, and <clears throat> leave you exactly the same. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. And one other thing that we were we were talking beforehand and Papa was saying that the church just as the church is not what's going to bring change in the culture. The church mm-hmm. just as a gathering body is not what's going to change the culture, but it's whenever the gospel is lived out. Yeah. It's, the, it's the life of the people. It's not just the fact that there are people or the fact that you do meet together on a Sunday or whatever, but it's living out the gospel like Papa was saying with love Mm -hmm. and and influencing other people. So you have to be to some degree involved in the culture to where those people can see they're different and to where you are, you know, going in with a message and Mm -hmm. you are teaching them to observe the ways of God. Yeah. I guarantee you that if you work in a factory or an office somewhere, nobody in that office space cares whether you go to church on Sunday. <laughs> right. they, they don't care whether you carry a Bible. They don't care yeah. if you have a bumper sticker on your car. Yeah. All that is external trappings. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. But they notice if you are being kind to those that are unkind to yep. you. If you're sure. forgiving those who've wronged you. Yep. If, if yep. you are helping people who need help. If yep. you are concerned about people who are, are in pain. They notice that. Yeah, and, that's really and, true. And they see, uh, they see your marriage. Yep, that's that right. has consistency exactly. to it. They see how you relate to your wife. Yeah, they your see kids. how you treat your children, and yep. they see how your children have been raised up, mm-hmm. and they they see how you live. Yeah, and that all begins to have an impact. Yeah, you're, you're bringing the kingdom to bear. In your world. Peter says that that's when they will ask you yeah. for a reason for the hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, but they see that hope. Uh-huh. They see, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, here's a man who, uh, he has, he doesn't worry. He doesn't mm-hmm. live in, in constant uh, uh, anger and anxiety and things like that. Right. He He's different. Yeah. yeah. And that's Absolutely. the kind of difference that Jesus wants to make in our life. Yeah. And not just, you know, clothes we wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although so, I'm, I'm all for wearing nice clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's pick another little dimension here to this piece because <clears throat> um, we have to admit that everyone's personality is a little bit different. And so yeah. some are going to lean more toward, I really do just want to live quietly and peaceably. Yeah. But there are other, no, yeah. yeah. I, I, so I get some of that. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's another part where some say, hey, I want to make a difference. I want to interact. I want to, uh, you know, penetrate the culture, and I want to speak truth. And there's a, there's a place for that, right. right? I mean, there's Absolutely. a there is uh, there's injustice happening in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it happens at the um, it happens in the corporate world. It happens mm-hmm. in the political world, mm-hmm. the government world. And so, is it right then for someone to say? I want to speak out against that truth. I want to get engaged and I want to call out those who are um, propagating injustice today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a place for that oh, in all of this? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, uh, God calls his different men and women, mm-hmm. equips mm-hmm. them with uh, uniqueness. Every one of us have a certain element of uniqueness about mm-hmm. us. And we each have a place, a role to yeah. fill. Mm-hmm. Right. And for some, it may be that uh, quiet uh, mm-hmm. praying and and 
working kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, and for some, it may be running for a public office yes. Yes. And, uh, and using that platform mm-hmm. yeah. to actually speak truth as Absolutely. well. You know? yeah. and, and I think there are some, some men and women in political realm today yeah, exactly. who are taking a firm stand for, yep. for Christ. Yeah. And uh, again, they pay a price for it many times. Sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, our personality, yep. and it's not just our personality, it's God's assignment. Yes. Yeah. yes. God has assigned each one of us yeah. a, a role mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, I just preached about John the Baptist this past But he, they came to him and said, you know, all your, your disciples are going to Jesus, you know, and they mm-hmm. tried to get him to get jealous. And, mm-hmm. and he said, look, Every man, no man has what hadn't been given to him. Mm. And so uh, to all of us have been given areas of ministry. Yeah. And yeah. it may look very different, you know. Exactly. That's, that's why I'm very hesitant to criticize other people's <laughs> yes. ministry. Yeah. Because yeah. Just because they don't do it the way I do it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Doesn't mean I'm right and they're wrong. Yep. It yeah. just means uh, we're different. Different, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say also going back on that point, um, if you do have that desire and that passion that God has given you mm-hmm. uh, to speak truth in a certain office or wherever it is, right. you know, um, I would say you should take that step because if you don't, I mean, who is going to be that person that fills it? Because exactly. what if that person that fills it is the one that is actively promoting injustice? Or what yep. if that person that fills it is going counter to the gospel? Yeah. And whenever we have the freedoms and ability to be able to speak truth in positions of authority and all that stuff, yep. I say all the more reason why we should be after those things. Exactly. Because if we're not, I I think that's a greater disservice to our country and to yep. our areas and everything. And so yep. if God has given you that passion, you have those talents, then you should be pursuing those things. Exactly. I really think Jesus had that in mind when he said, I've come to set the captives free. He yeah. wasn't just talking about uh, people who were in prison, or he mm-hmm. wasn't just speaking metaphorically or just spiritually. Mm-hmm. He had specific things in mind of there are people who are being held captive today and they need to be set free and the system needs to change that put them in that captivity yes. to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, so he, he came to speak good news, the gospel to the poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not just wanting to free those who are just spiritually poor or just economically poor, but he wanted to change the system yeah. that brought them into that mm-hmm. poverty spiritually and financially as well. Yep. So uh, I, I think there's a, there's a need for that. The disciples themselves, after Jesus ascends to heaven and you read in the book of Acts and you, what we don't have recorded in scripture but we have recorded in history is how all of their lives end. Mm-hmm. And they didn't die yeah. just doing their life quietly and peaceably. Yeah, that's true. They that's die true. for the sake of proclaiming the gospel yeah. into the culture and they mm-hmm. pay a price for it. Yeah. That seems to be the bigger um, direction that you find the major characters of scripture exactly. That's right. yeah. uh, moving Me, yeah, and, and, exactly. and even ending their lives. Yeah. Namely I think, uh, Jesus. I think another good example, <laughs> not as good as Jesus. <laughs> is, is this Esther. John the Baptist again? No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> it's, uh, this is Esther in case some of the women are wondering there if you women go. have Come a role. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Esther, uh, you know, she, she was given the challenge of going to speak mm-hmm. to the most... Yeah powerful ruler in the world at that time yeah. and uh she said uh, uh I, I i'm afraid and yeah. mm-hmm. mordecai said to her you know now god's gonna save his people yeah but it may be that you have been placed in the kingdom Man. for just That's... this time yeah, yeah. And, uh, that is awesome and then she said if I perish, I perish. Ooh, but wow. I want to go speak the truth. And I think that's the yeah. attitude that oh, we yeah. should have. God has placed us in the culture for our time. Yes. And we have a message to deliver. It's yeah. not our message. It didn't originate no. with us. Yeah. Yep. It's God's message. Uh-huh. And we speak it even to mm-hmm. power. Yeah, yeah. And, that's right. Uh, and if we perish... We perish, yeah. but God is going to save His people. Exactly. I love what Mordecai said. You know, it doesn't really depend on you, but you have the opportunity to yes. fulfill the role God's given to yeah. you right yes. now. Exactly. And, uh, I would say God's going to He's going to get His job done. Yeah. Yep. 
But we have the privilege mm-hmm. and the opportunity yeah. to do our part yeah. that mm-hmm. he's given us in our day, in our place. And if we don't do it, we're the ones that miss out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, God will, he'll raise up some rocks to do right. it if he that's has right. to. <laughs> yeah, right. seriously. Yeah. yeah. So then as the church, mm-hmm. I think speaking now from the, the, the leadership side of the church, our responsibility yeah. then is to teach and preach all of that. Yes. Yes, live quietly and peaceably and relevantly in your home. Yes. Bring the kingdom into your home and yes. live that out. And be alert to God's calling on your life. Mm-hmm. And if he calls you into other areas uh, of seeking governmental or even uh, higher leadership within your corporation mm-hmm. or company you might work for, use that as an influence Absolutely. piece. Hey, I'm just saying another thing, like you look at the 80s and all that stuff, the Jesus music people, yeah. those are people who said, I want to get this message of the gospel out. Yeah. And they used their talents, their abilities yep. to share the gospel even through music, you know, and and, in those ways. And so, yes, it is in the authority ways and and stepping up and all these other areas, but like use your passions and your talents for what you you have to influence your culture, influence the culture that you're in right now. You know, like Christian rock bands, and I'm not saying that is like the supreme (laughs) thing, but I'm saying that in the 1700s would not have flown because that was not the culture at the time. But in that time, they said, this is what God's, this is God's passion is for people to be saved. Yep. So we have talents. We yep. want people to be saved. This is how we're going to do it. So yep. I think individually, every person needs to do that. If it's in their marriage specifically, yep. do that. You know, if mm-hmm. it's in parenting specifically, do that. If mm-hmm. it's in whatever talents you have, do that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and I can't let fear of the response of the culture mm-hmm. stop me. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to let the passion of Christ in me drive me. Mm-hmm. I have to let that be bigger than my fear of what could happen today. Yeah. Uh, I, we're not called to isolate. Mm-hmm. Um, we are called to insulate, I guess you could say, yeah. and protect protect uh-huh. our heart, protect our families, yes. uh, protect those under our responsibility, but never to isolate to the point that we can't influence mm-hmm. the culture. We're called to influence. So, yes. um, man, I've loved this today. That's good stuff. I appreciate uh, great. Uh, Brother Nick joining us, yeah. Truett, uh-huh. and... Uh, generations of ministry here yeah. together. And uh, so I thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Hope it's been helpful for you as you think through what is to be the church's responsibility in our day. I think the Bible spells that out. I think the spirit of God bears that out within us. Yeah. Uh, our prayer is that you would hear uh, God's spirit speaking in you, that you'd hear God's word directing you and that we might be the church that truly is salt that is light, Mm -hmm. that is speaking truth, that is holding out the gospel, that is seeking to set the captives free. That's the spirit of Christ, and that spirit is in us today. Yes. Yeah. 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 So thank y'all, and thank y'all for joining us. Awesome.